Our series has now moved to the upward expression. We started off by saying God wants to work on our inward parts, our hearts, the Beatitudes. This is what it looks like for you to be happy, to be blessed, to live the life that I called you to live. And then that moved to our outward expression, where we said, okay, now God wants to talk to us a little bit, and Jesus wants to teach us what it looks like to interact with others. And this morning and last week, we actually started talking about the upward approach. We're going to talk about the kingdom of God for the next few weeks. The word upward, there's the wind, it's coming. The word upward means to head towards a higher place, a higher point, or a higher level. Isn't that what we've been saying all along? That there's a higher standard that God is calling us into. I believe as we study the heartbeat of the kingdom over the next few weeks, we're going to find ourselves in that higher position, that higher point that higher level that he has for us. As we are quickened again this morning by the word of God, we're gonna find ourselves reaching another higher position. What I love about this morning's text is that Jesus teaches us to pray the kingdom and then he moves in to show us how to practice the kingdom. This whole text this morning starts off and it's framed by saying our Father in heaven, And then he prays the kingdom. Your kingdom come, your will be done. And after he talked about what it means to pray, he then says, now that you've prayed the kingdom, I'm gonna show you how to put it into practice. You are praying for your daily needs. Now I'm gonna show you in Matthew chapter six, that's not how Jesus said it, but that's how we refer to it this morning. Imagine Jesus quoting it like that. I'm gonna show you Matthew chapter six this morning. He says, now that you've prayed the kingdom, and you've prayed, Lord, my daily needs, I'm gonna show you that you can live in a way where all those things are provided. You see, we've gotta put our prayer into action. We can't just pray it and leave it all up to God. Jesus is saying, pray the kingdom, but now exercise it. Exercise it in a way that you will see the fruit. So this morning, I want us to, to look at the scripture with that view and with that lens. And then the most important lens that we put on this morning is this, that Jesus frames the intrinsic nature of the kingdom in the thought Father. Everything he speaks about when he speaks about the kingdom is about the Father, the Father heart of God. I didn't realize this because I'm not that inclined that we're talking so much about the Father's heart today and that it's Father's Day. It only hit me this morning when I was woken up to some, uh, some pancakes or flapjacks and, and Milo uh, at seven o'clock this morning. I'm like, isn't it amazing that we're gonna celebrate the Father? And it starts off by Jesus saying, our Father in heaven, a new thought to the people he's preaching to. Up until this point, the people in the surrounds around Jesus only saw God as Lord, Yahweh, something that's far off, something that's not attainable. And he brings it right down. And he says, he's a father. He's a daddy. Our Father in heaven And he starts saying, this is how you pray. And then he takes us through the whole thing we're gonna read. Don't be anxious. Make sure where your treasures are. And he concludes it in the thought, Father, once again, because your Father in heaven knows that you need these things. The essence and the heartbeat of the kingdom is found in the revelation of the Father heart of God, where we see and experience the Father in a new way. And I pray this morning that we would have that lens You know, Jesus often stopped 
to lean into the Father. Often, we read about it. I'm sure that the demand on Jesus was quite hectic and he could have just gone on ministering, running strong. But he often just said, today I'm putting a stop sign in here and I'm gonna relent to spend some time with my dad, spend some time with my father in heaven. My prayer this morning is that today is a stopping moment where you now forget everything and you say, okay, God, I'm positioning myself to spend some time with you. Can we do that? Awesome, let's read together. Matthew chapter six. We're gonna start reading verse 19 all the way through to verse 33. I'm reading from the ESV. Do not lay up for yourself treasures on earth where moth and rust destroy and where thieves break in and steal. But lay up for yourselves treasures in heaven where neither moth nor rust destroys and where thieves do not break in and steal. For where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. The eye is the lamp of the body. So if your eye is healthy, your whole body will be full of light. But if your eye is bad, your whole body will be full of darkness. If then the light in you is darkness, how great is that darkness? No one can serve two masters. For either he will hate the one and love the other, or he will be devoted to the one and despise the other. You cannot serve God and money. Therefore I tell you, do not be anxious about your life, what you will eat or what you will drink, nor about your body, what you will put on. Is not life more than food and the body more than clothing? Look at the birds of the air. They neither sow nor reap nor gather into barns, and yet your heavenly Father feeds them. Are you not of more value than they? And which of you, by being anxious, can add a single hour to his span of life? And why are you anxious about clothing? Consider the lilies of the field, how they grow. They neither toil nor spin. Yet I tell you, even Solomon in all his glory was not arrayed like one of these. But if God so clothes the grass of the fields, which today is alive and tomorrow is thrown into the oven, will he not much more clothe you? Oh, you of little faith. Therefore, do not be anxious, saying, What shall we eat? Or what shall we drink? Or what shall we wear? For the Gentiles seek after all these things. And your heavenly Father knows that you need them all. But seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things will be added unto you. Jesus, we pray that you would anoint your words. We pray that we would align our hearts. Lord, we won't want to be like those who seek after the things, the attention that the world wants from us. We want to be a people who seek after your kingdom. Lord, and however this morning, we pray that you lead us and how we practically do this as we open up your word and we study it further. May you speak and may our hearts turn to you, Christ Jesus, as our Lord and head. Amen. Wow, Jesus is really coming to upset culture in this moment, strongly. Talking about anxiety, it's the phrase of the world today. More people than ever suffer with that, being anxious. More people than ever. Because the world, the world is just positioning the things we need so much stronger 
and greater than ever before. So this is such a word in season for us. I believe that God wants us as people to be positioned in perfect peace. That's what it is to live in the kingdom, to find perfect peace. And I'm saying this prophetically this morning, some of you are gonna be moved from your anxiety into perfect peace as you understand what it is to live in the kingdom of heaven. And I simply just called my message this morning, the kingdom of heaven, because that is what Jesus brought. The kingdom of heaven was backing up every word that Jesus spoke. The kingdom of heaven was, has come in its fullness when Jesus stepped into this earth and he talked about it. And you know what's beautiful? He left saying, now the same kingdom is backing you up, so now go and share this with the world. The same kingdom of heaven that backed up Jesus Christ is backing each one of you up today. And so many of us are still living in anxiety and answering the sword, the sword after things of this world where Jesus is saying, come on, there's a higher way. There's an upward call. Focus on the kingdom. Your Father in heaven knows that you need these other things. It's like a treasure in the field, Jesus says. When a man sees that treasure, he sells everything. Everything. Doesn't hold back. Everything he owns to acquire that field because the treasure of the kingdom is worth more than anything else. It's a beautiful scripture. In the book of Job, when Job's friends encourage them, he says, if you lay your gold in dust, the Almighty will become your gold. I'm gonna say that again. If you lay your gold in dust, the Almighty will become your gold. I want the Almighty God to be the greatest pursuit of my entire living, my entire life, my breathing, my eating, my going around life. I wanna seek Him and find the gold that He has for us. So we've got a choice here to make and Jesus puts that choice before us. He says, there's two realms, there's two treasures, there's two eyes and there's two masters. And you have to choose. Decision is yours. I put before you today life or death. Choose life. Choose the realm of heaven, not the realm of this world. Let your eyes look at that which is good which is desirable according to my purposes. Let your treasure be placed in heaven, not here on earth, because by the way, side note, thieves can break in and steal it. And we pray protection, Lord Jesus, please not, and don't misquote me, we can pray, and yes, he does protect, but sometimes the thieves do break in and steal, because that's just the life we live in. It's broken. And things become old and weary and useless. And one day when he returns, he's just going to go, gone. So the choice we have to make here this morning is, Lord, are we going to put our treasures here or are we going to put it in the kingdom? And he says, there's two masters. Don't bow before the wrong one. So there's a tension here this morning that Jesus is presenting to us and saying, there's these two worlds that keep on fighting with one another. Two realms, the realm of the heavens, the realm of this world, two treasures, two eyes. If you've got a stingy eye, because through your eyes, the light of God comes in, oh, you're gonna be filled with darkness. Have a generous eye, one that's all about the kingdom and advancing that. And make sure that your master is Jesus. Can I get the two Andres to come and join me this morning? I wanna show you, by means of illustration, what Jesus is inviting us into.
they're going to represent the two kingdoms, the kingdom of the world that we find ourselves physically in today and the kingdom of heaven. You see, they've been in sync. We're all dressed quite similar for this morning. Just show them how beautiful. And you know what? We didn't worry about what we're going to wear. Jesus just gave it to us and he led us. So here's a prophetic example of what happens. But I want these two kingdoms to fight with one another a little bit. So let's say Andre represents the kingdom of heaven and Andre represents the kingdom of, of this world. We feel this tension the whole time. Now pull, let the tension happen. Two realms, two treasures. Do I put this money here? Do I put it there? Do I invest it in the kingdom of God? Do I hold it back and save some? When there's people out there dying to hear the gospel message of Jesus, I'm gonna be bold this morning because there's a kingdom we're contending for Am I going to bow before that or I'm going to bow before the God who says, put your money into the kingdom of heaven so that one day when I return, every ear has heard and every eye has seen that I'm Christ. That's the way we are called to live. But we battle with these things and there's a tension. And God is saying this morning, I'm coming to break the tension. You were never intended to live According to the kingdom of the world, you've always been intended to live in the kingdom of heaven. And everything you need, according to the world, I will bring to you and you will have it because I am a good father. That's the essence of this message. And we fight this battle in our hearts daily where we should become weak and desist and say, Lord, I don't need this tension, this anxiety, this fighting, these two worlds. You simply called me to live here. Close to you, Father, seeking after your heart. And when I position myself here and I stay in this place, the things that I need, your heavenly Father knows. He does. He brings it to you. This week, in our prayer meetings on Tuesday morning, someone here who's, who's a businessman came to me and he said, you know what, Pierre, it's quite a tension to be here this morning because my business needs to happen. And he shared a testimony with me seven years ago of how he once went to a prayer meeting that went on until two o'clock in the afternoon. And he felt the tension because he needs to go work and get the stuff done. But by the time he was done praying, picked up his phone and God just released a whole lot of business for him without him doing anything. And then he shared that testimony with me on Tuesday morning. Tuesday night he came, he said, I've got to share something with you. This morning we were praying and I told you about the testimony. Remember, I said, yes, I do. He says, well, while we were praying this morning, when I left prayer, I looked at my phone and there were some missed calls from my office. So while we were praying this morning, God sealed me a deal with seven more clients. That's what it means to live like that. Not a friend of mine here this morning who's been in a difficult work scenario for Two years, extreme, extreme difficulty. But he said, you know what, Jesus, I love you and your kingdom more, so I'm gonna keep my position of peace. Even though he was mistreated and misused and abused so many times, he just kept his position. I'm not gonna respond, I'm gonna trust God because I live in the kingdom of heaven. A couple of weeks ago, by the means of God intervening, he stepped out of that work in faith. He said, God, I want to live here. And a couple of days later, he got a contract that supplies all his needs according to the riches in Christ Jesus. You see, that's what we've got to live for. 
but we fight this tension the whole time. That tension shouldn't exist. We should be generous, freely living before our Father. How do we practically do this? And there's five thoughts that I want to share with you from the scripture. We could park on this scripture for the next year. It's so rich. And I encourage you to, to read it and try and understand it. But the first thing this morning is we've got to be kingdom-centered. Where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. Now I want to lean into the original language here a bit to give you the depth of what Jesus was saying. The word treasure, interestingly enough, in the Greek is thesauros. It's almost like a thesaurus. And it means storehouse for precious things. So where your storehouse for precious things are, there your heart will be also. So where do you place your storehouse? Do you place it in the kingdom of God? Say, God, I desire my storehouse to be filled with things of you and the call of you and the responsibility to live you in this world? Or do we put our storehouse in the carnal things of this life? Because according to what Jesus said, where your storehouse is, your heart will be, and that word heart means your character and your desire center. So your character and your desire center is based upon where you position your storehouse. And Jesus comes in and he says, make sure your storehouse is positioned in the realm of my kingdom. Then your character and the things you desire will be according to that in my kingdom. We all love quoting Psalm 37 verse 4. Delight yourself in the Lord and he will give you Thank goodness you guys have learned something over the years. It's always a tension to do that to see if anyone wants to quote the scripture. Now, these two thoughts around that. The first thought is, if I pursue Jesus, then whew, whatever I want, I'm going to get. It's not what it means. It lines up to this. When I pursue God, when I diligently seek Him, when I make Him and His kingdom my pursuit, the desires of my heart are going to start changing. My desire center is going to align to that which is in the kingdom of God. And then I'm going to see a storehouse that's filled up and overflowing. We fight for our storehouses here on earth. We make it our greatest pursuit. If I could just, and we desire the overflowing, there's a storehouse in heaven that gets filled up like this. If we align our hearts to the desires that God places there. So we've got to be people who are kingdom centered. The second thing is that we've got to be kingdom positioned. This is, this is great, and I want you to hear this this morning. Jesus said, don't be anxious about your life. Are you not of more value than they? After he spoke about the lilies of the field and the birds of the air. Once we come to Christ Jesus, we are seated in Christ, in heavenly places yet we walk around like we are seated in this world in earthly places as we seek after the father's heart for us and we understand our position that we are seated in Christ Jesus in heavenly places the value of our life increase exponentially we start seeing ourselves in a complete different light 
We don't compare ourselves to one each other. We don't go around and thinking, I need this, I need that. We understand that our seating is with Christ Jesus in a heavenly place. Not only do we need to center our hearts around the kingdom, we need to position ourselves there. And it's not by our own doing, it's through the work of the cross that Jesus took us and he says, come and sit with this, in the seat with me, the seat of dominion and rulership and kingship that I have for you. How many of you honestly believe that you're living like a king in this world? There's some hands going up. It's only a few. Every single one of you that's hearing my voice this morning is called to be positioned as a king in the kingdom of God. And this morning, he's gonna come and wake us up and say, center your heart on me, but understand your value. Your value is that of rulership, of kingship, being placed in me, in Christ Jesus. And because of the cross, it's nothing that you do. It comes from me, and I give it to you as a free gift of grace. We diminish the work of the cross simply to sinners being saved. When we understand, we, when we get to understand the fullness, yes, sinners being saved, but there's so much more. It saved Christians, followers of Jesus, being positioned in Christ. And if we have a position like that, the anxiety will start falling away. Then we won't be anxious. I don't care that there's load shedding, honestly. I, I tuned into a social media website on Friday night when the electricity went off, just because I didn't know that there's gonna be load shedding. So I just wanted to find out what's the amount of time gonna be kind of just, oh my goodness, I was appalled by the comments that people made about this country. Vile comments about South Africa going to the pits. I'm like, seriously? Have we become so small-minded? Oh, you of little faith. How faithfully is God providing our water over the past few weeks? Your heavenly Father knows that you need these things. The news reports and says, Cape Town produced a miracle. I'm like, goodness, how proudful is that? <laughs> Cape Town didn't produce any miracle. God sends rain. Now we're freaking out because there's lotion. So what if there's darkness for a few hours? So what, honestly? <laughs> Are we gonna place our lives in those pitiful things? Are we gonna put it in a position where it's like, I'm a king, and even though it's dark around, I love Jesus, and you know what? Put on a candle and let's have communion and let's pray. We ended up praying. Part of the prayer was, Lord, can electricity go back on? <laughs> but we prayed. We used that opportunity. Understanding our position is important. Last night we attended a, a, a 40th birthday. And at that age, I just guess it's more a kid's party than it is an adult party because there were a whole lot of kids around and quite noisy so. And the way the venue was, it was quite, there's some, some pitfalls and, and spaces for kids to fall and get into trouble. So there were a whole lot of crying and a whole lot of kids getting into trouble. But what I observed is how every time one of those little kids fall or they hurt themselves or they get scared, how they just, Daddy! Or Mommy! They just, and they start running. And how the mom or the dad just turned their hearts immediately. That's my child. And they just go, I don't know how people do that. Um, but it's, that's my child. You, heard, you hear five people, five kids crying. 
But that's what it is to be positioned in the Father. The moment we cry out, he's like, Pierre, yes, here I am. And will we run with, to him with open arms and say, God, I want to be positioned in you. The third thought this morning is that there's a kingdom governance. First seek the kingdom of God and his righteousness. And if we study that word righteousness, it's a difficult word to fully understand. I read a John Piper topic or article on this and sheesh, after maybe five pages, I'm still like, yeah, this is a big word. But the word righteousness means God's justness. So where the scales run according to God's plans, where he is the author of what happens. See, when we position ourselves in the kingdom of God and live there, whatever happens is according to God's just scales. To him deciding this is gonna happen and this is not gonna happen. We live outside of that and we get upset and sometimes we get despondent with God because we're not seeking after his justness. And Jesus says, therefore, seek after the kingdom of God and his just ways, him being the ruler and his dominion over everything and live in that position knowing that he decides everything. He knows the number of men, the days that man live, he's numbered them and he determines them, the Bible says. But here's the key, is we shouldn't just know it, we should seek it. We should pursue it, we should desire it. Where we say, God, you are God in heaven and here we are on earth, so we let our words be few because we understand there's a governance in the kingdom of heaven that stands above and outside of anything else. So we just quietly remain there in this position with our heart centered on you. And you know what's amazing? When we have an understanding of this justness that God functions in, it leads us to have faith, which brings me to my fourth point. We have to have kingdom faith. Not just a little bit of faith, just, yes, what's gonna do? And you know what? Elena and I talked about this last night, how we, how we sometimes confess, like, yeah, I've, got a little, I've only got a little bit of faith. I'm sorry, Lord Jesus, my faith is so weak. No, that's wrong. You were called to live in great faith, in kingdom faith. Because when your heart is centered on him, your position is with Christ in the seat next to the Father. If you understand that his governance is ruling and to that there's no end, then there's a faith that stirs up that this world cannot hold back. And that is what he has called each one of us to live in. Then this tension between these two just gets released. Because I've got faith in a Father that's far greater and Jesus steps in and he, and he speaks strong. He says, oh, you of little faith. You seek after the things which is temporary. Where I have a whole kingdom waiting for you to tap into and to receive from that it's eternal. So why don't you have faith for that? Come on, my people, stand up and start living in a faith. And God brings that faith to us. Hebrews 11 verse 6. He says this, without faith, it is impossible to please him. For whosoever would draw near to God, 
There it is, seeking the kingdom, seeking the heart of the Father, must believe that he exists, point one, and that he rewards those who seek him. What is the kind of faith that pleases God? It's twofold. The first part is believing that he exists, that he is real, that he is God in heaven, and he's got this governance and this kingdom. But the second part is equally important, and that he is a rewarder of those who seek him, his kingdom, his righteousness. I think most of us, most of us have faith in God or believe that he is and that he is real. But only a few understand that equally he's a rewarder. And that's what Jesus is addressing. He says, if you want to live in faith that pleases my father, yes, believe that he is, but also believe that he rewards you. He gives you the things that you need. He's a good father in heaven with storehouses of things that he want to pour out into your life. But because you have little faith and you don't believe it and you don't seek after his kingdom, you don't access those things and live according to it. And this has been deeply, deeply challenging to my own soul where I've been crying out to God for very specific things. And then I ask him and I petition and I pray and I leave my room and I'm like, ah, I wonder if that's even gonna happen. My little faith kicks in again. God is a rewarder of those who diligently seek him. So the faith, the kingdom faith is twofold. Believe that he is and believe that he wants to reward you. Turn to one another and say, God wants to reward you. The condition is that you diligently seek after him. Then those rewards comes, those things that you need according to what Jesus said. I love the analogy that Jesus uses here. He says, you know what? Let's talk about the richest man that ever lived, Solomon. 1.1 billion US dollars of gold came to Solomon every year. That's 15 billion rands worth of gold annually. That excludes all the gifts that the other kingdoms brought him. And Jesus looks at that and he says, did you see the flowers? Did you see how beautiful they are? They do nothing. The flowers have got more faith than us. Because God gives to the flowers their beauty and their splendor and their glory. And he asks a question out of that statement. What are you going to chase after? The gold or my glory? Because the flowers just rest in me and I provide. And that's more glorious than all the gold that Solomon owned. See, when we get there and we understand the Father's heart, and he says, you know what, gold, put it aside. I have for you beauty far beyond that. And I want to reward you with that beauty. So drop this tension. Let me come and release it out of your spirit. Understanding, And just come and position yourself living in this kingdom close to me, understanding my heart. Psalm 1 speaks about this. This is a promise of God in line with this. 
Blessed is the man who walks not in the counsel of the wicked, nor stands in the way of sinners, nor sits in the seat of scoffers. Blessed is the man whose delight is in the law of the Lord, and on his law he meditates day and night, the kingdom. Your statutes, your precepts, the way I need to think, the way I need to act. You are blessed when you make that your focus. That man, that woman is like a tree planted by streams of water that yields its fruit in its season. God, but there's some things I need. Why is it not happening? It's not the season yet. The flowers know that there are seasons. It's not the season yet. But here's the key. And its leaf does not wither. It's evergreen. Everything that that man or that woman does, it prospers. That's what it means to live in kingdom faith. Imagine stacking five years, 7.5 billion rands worth of gold here this morning. Opposing little flower. It's as easy as that. We've got to align our hearts to the glory of God and not the gold that this world reads. And I want to end with this, the most important statement. I started there and I'm ending with this again. The last thought, your heavenly father. Not just mine. Not just the person next to you. Not just the one that's been a Christian for a long time. Jesus is speaking to a crowd here that has, doesn't have an understanding of the Father yet. And he reveals to them. He sees you as kids, as children. He's your heavenly Father. Your heavenly Father knows that you need them all. All the things of this kingdom, he understands. He knows that you need some red rope in your life. He gets it. So why do you worry? My daughter knows that I'll protect her, that I'll provide, that that it'll be food. And by the way, that's the way in our house because I cook. (laughs) I'm going to get in trouble for that. (laughs) She just knows. And this is what he's trying to teach us this morning. I'm your heavenly father. Luke 11, Jesus says, if you run out of something at night and you go to your neighbor's house and you knock on the door and his kids are in bed already, and he's gonna say, go away from me. Why are you bothering me this late at night? And Jesus says, if you keep knocking and keep persisting, the door will be opened. And that's an invitation to keep coming back to the father. Say, God, Jesus, you're... You are my heavenly Father. Jesus, you made a way for me to the Father. Holy Spirit, you empower me for this life. And there's no better place than being quiet here, positioned, understanding you are ruling, your dominion is over everything. I can breathe. I can feel the anxiety fall away. And he embraces. And he says, what are the things you need? And we talk to him about that. God, I want to look like a flower. I don't want to chase after the gold. So give me my fruit in its season. Thank you that your word promises that my weave, my leaf will not wither. It's my Afrikaans coming through. My weave would not lither. 
And this is the final thought. To live in the realm of the heavenly kingdom is found in the pursuit of our Father. The essence of this kingdom is locked up in a Father's heart. It's looking at his kids and saying, I have so much more. Don't focus on the red rope. Pursue me and my kingdom. Alika owns this most beautiful Indian dress. It's her third one because we go, the church goes to India quite often. And that's always a request. Can you bring back an Indian dress? So this is dress number three, but this is probably the most beautiful dress ever. It's pink, a whole lot of pink. Peach, sorry, that's important for all the image consultants amongst us this morning. <laughs> it's peach, it looks pink to me, okay? Father's Day. But it's lined with the most beautiful gold ribbon. And she's been waiting for the right moment to put on that dress. So hint, hint, Sarah and everyone else, when's the dad and daughter dance? We're waiting for that. <laughs> but I thought about that. I, I believe that Alika would want to wear that dress every single day if she, if she got to. It's just the way a princess wants to be, just as beautiful as possible. Yet the occasion of life there has to be some other dress to, to wear. And here's the question, why are we wearing that okay, special occasion to be dressed in the kingdom of heaven? Where that occasion is available to us every day and God is saying, my son, my daughter, get dressed in the glory that I have for you. Don't wait and don't hold back. It's my favorite moment to see her getting in that dress and the joy it produces in her. And as we seek his kingdom and his delight and running after the things he has for us, he receives joy. Because he's a good father, he says, I want to reward you with great things. Don't wait for a special occasion. Don't wait for next Sunday. Don't wait for life group. Don't wait for a prayer meeting. Every single day, come into my presence and be with me, your heavenly Father, and I will clothe you in glory. That's the invitation this morning to the kingdom of heaven. Do you want to live like that? Do you think it's possible? Lord Jesus, your words. First seek the kingdom and my righteousness First, foremost, when we wake up, when our day starts, last thought of the day when we go to bed, every individual we meet, every conversation we have, we want to put your kingdom first. Lord, and we want to seek your righteousness, understanding that you rule and have dominion over everything, and then the promise the ever-fulfilling promise, and all the things you need will be added to you. I pray, Lord, that our hearts will be tuned to the frequency of the kingdom of heaven this morning. I pray, Lord, for every heart standing, every soul represented, every spirit crying out, Abba, Father, that you would come with your gentle, fatherly hands and embrace our hearts, your hands of kindness, of compassion, of understanding. Give us a sense this morning of 
the heavenly Father that we pursue. Give us a sense this morning of what it is to be positioned. Fragile as a flower in front of you, yet you pour out your glory upon us. I pray this morning, Lord, that people will move away from the tension. That tension be released in Jesus' name in hearts where this tension between the two kingdoms have been fighting. And that we would move across and find ourselves completely positioned, seated in you, Christ Jesus, in the heavenly place that you have for us. Knowing, Lord, that while we are in this earthly position, you will bring to us all the things that we need. Lord, we pray that you would forgive us for our doubt. Because a man that doubts is like one being tossed to and fro in the ocean, and you don't delight in that. And such a man cannot expect for anything to be done. Lord, forgive us of our little faith, of thinking it's by our own efforts and work and riches that we attain things. We want to be people of big faith, Lord. We don't want our little faith to diminish the great God that you are. So forgive us for our little faith this morning for the times where we've doubted and questioned and wondered. And thank you, Lord Jesus, that you are inviting us today into the realm of your kingdom. We want to pursue that. We want to ask for that. We want to seek that above everything else. And ultimately, Lord, at the bottom, thank you for the call to intimacy. Thank you, Father, that your hands are open wide and you say, come, get dressed for an occasion of glory with me every single day. Hear the invitation this morning, people of God. Get dressed for an occasion of glory with your Father in heaven every single day. Lord, may we not put our heads to our pillows at night before we've had that occasion with you. May we not wait to stand in front of you, our Father, as we diligently seek and receive all the rewards that you have for us. Thank you, Lord, that you are leading us as a people and as a house so powerfully. That this house believes that you exist, that you are, that you are real, that you are God. And we walk in honor and awe and fear of you. But I believe this morning, Lord, you're saying at the same time, please me by knowing I'm a rewarder. I pray, Lord, for rewards to come. I pray, Lord, where faith has been broken and despondency has stepped in because it was not the season yet that we would stand fragile like a flower in front of you and like a tree planted by streams of living water, knowing that you will bring the fruit in due season. And up until then, Lord, we are evergreen in your presence. Our leaves are filled with sap. It's filled with water. It's filled with life. We are growing. We are becoming more like you, Christ Jesus. I pray that as we leave here today, that there will be an anticipation and excitement in our hearts that we are people who live in the kingdom of heaven. And the things that we need in the kingdom of earth, our Father will bring to us. And the people of God say, Amen. Amen.